0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. I am Data, and with me today is
1: Dak, Joe,
0: and Jamie. And this week we are reading chapters, or we did read we already read them. So, you know, <laughs> uh, hope, hope hope you guys uh, have also at this point, or there's going to be a lot it's of spoilers. There's many
2: episodes to get to that.
0: <laughs> I've probably done it before. Anyway, we read chapters 32, 33, 34, and 35. We're in Serene has a plan and it sort of goes to plan and bad things happen for the king Hrathan kind of he has a very introspective section where he kind of comes to some conclusions about his faith I think Raodin we get a conclusion with Raodin and Sheor's men we're getting kind of uh, several little climaxes here and uh, then Serene and her dad have a talk and the Serene's team in K comes up with a new plan uh that's also a little bit out there. So anyway, hang on to something everyone. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Okay. So yeah, we uh there there were some interesting actual events happening last time and I don't know if you guys expected to slow down, but I don't feel like it did much. What did you guys think of these four chapters this time?
2: Abrupt. Um <laughs> very abrupt. It's like all of a sudden oh, the Iodon story's done. Out of almost I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it's it, like when I first read it, I'm just like, really? Okay. Well, we'll just do that now. <laughs> uh, I just I just feel like Oh, okay, so we're building up to Iadon, and he's practicing human sacrifice, which we didn't know was a thing for the Jesker Mysteries, and he's hanged himself. Oh, okay. They did mention
0: that there was ritual sacrifice and fertility rites that were added to the Jesker Mysteries to, like, spice them up and make them more interesting, because we talked about...
2: I must've missed that. I think I remember the fertility rituals. We must've just missed the, I must've just missed the human sacrifice bit. Okay. They didn't say that human. Makes...
0: They said like ritual sacrifice. So there's, you could have taken that to be mm. other kinds of sacrifice.
2: All right. Let's find a fatted calf or something. <laughs> but like, no, like it, it was cool. And like, it was definitely a fascinating little chapter, especially when I realized Diloph was there and I completely misinterpreted and thought he was in on the sacrifice. <laughs> um, that would but, be hardcore. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, like, that was all pretty cool, I d- and as far as abrupt stuff goes, I do feel like, you know, for our last episode, I just like, yeah, Wraithan's been introspective, like, for most of his chapters, now he's in the thick of things, and then he had one chapter of introspection, and now he's cured again, so, like, oh, okay. Yep. Right. But I guess he's, now he's gonna be the talk of the town or something, so, but, like, it was, it was fun, like, definitely, like, it definitely felt like the whole, alright, things have been, you know, sort of on the this the slow burn for a bit. Here's like a ritual sacrifice and a death of the king just to spice things up and let's just see. All right, now we're getting into the bonkers shit.
0: Yeah, we're, we're this whole time we've been like, man, how 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 what was the the plan to take out Iodon going to go? And then it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's taken care of." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brandon's like, "Let's kick things up a notch." Bam. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, these chapters were these chapters were good. Did I did I predict that Iodon was doing something with the missing people? I can't you remember thought, that's something yeah, he, I said.
0: You thought that, like, he was, like, sleeping with the maids and then turning them into Elantrians to, like, get rid of them?
1: Oh, okay. Well, close, I guess. He could have been He could have been using them in fertility rituals as well, I suppose. Oh,
0: yeah. They do the fertility thing and then they do the ritual sacrifice. Sure, yeah.
1: Sure.
2: That's one yeah. other.
1: So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I feel like maybe I have a – I get partial credit on that. I feel like, you know, you maybe give me, like, half a point. If we're doing a point system which I don't think we are no yeah <laughs> but no uh, that was that was that was unexpected I don't think I could have predicted quite exactly what what happened there even I mean I they kind of just talked about the just scary mysteries in in passing and so I didn't i I figured we would find out a little bit more about them but I didn't think it would be like oh yeah the king practices those and now he's dead. Uh, so that was surprising. Uh, I feel like, I feel like Diloph following them in the sewer, falling them to the sewer. I was kind of like, really? Uh, you're just going to let that guy follow you? Oh, you, cause you didn't have enough time to tell him no. I'd just be like, dude, get, get out of here. Why are you following us? Like, that's all, all you to do. He lives do. down there. Yeah. <laughs> Diloph's like, I live here. This is my house. They're um, like, just
0: shoo, shoo, little guy. Get out of yeah,
1: here. Get, 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 out of here. So that was, that was different. And yeah, it, We ended like two chapters with the same cliffhanger now that Hraithan's saying basically that Hraithan's cured. But I I think uh, our two Australians have come up with good theories as to what's actually going on here. So uh, that's probably what's happening, I would guess. But uh, I'm excited to see the next turn. There's now apparently going to be a marriage as well between a young lady and an old guy. So, you know, save the kingdom or whatever so let's um let's see what happens i guess save
0: the kingdom save the world sure
1: yeah yeah save the cheerleader save the world you know
3: um yeah i enjoyed these chapters i was thinking Serenity's chapter was going on i was like oh man more balls and just (sighs) talking to all these people and she's a bit mopey and i was like i know she's got a plan let's just get to the plan and then she was following someone and i was like oh okay this is yep what a ritual sacrifice Oh, my God. Um, I had to reread that section a couple of times because, yeah, I, I misread it and thought Dilaf was there the first time I read it. <laughs> I was like, what is Dilaf doing with the king? Oh, I'm so confused. It just it just all happens really, really quickly, which part of me likes, but then the, I feel like we sort of miss out on the suspenseful build-up a little bit. It's like something's going to happen, something's going to happen. Boom, there it is. And then, boom, he's dead because he hanged himself. Like, didn't you hear? He hanged himself. Uh no, <laughs> what is <he's> dead? <laughs> Are we? You can't just float ritual sacrifice there and then kill him and be done with it. Oh, my God. So I don't know if we, if we know everything we need to know about that King Iron's behaviour or not. We've still got the passageways and stuff so we can figure out what he's doing, but I feel like Serene is still going to need to do something about that. And I was kind of disappointed that Kraven already is cured. I thought he'd be mm. there for a little while. I thought he'd have some interaction with the Elantrians or something. I'm hoping that the next chapter that we read, we get a little bit more info on that. Like, really, dude, you lasted three days, then you ate something, and now all of a sudden you're better, right? Okay, so I'm mean, good chapters. I'm enjoying the story. I just, it, it, some of it's just really abrupt for me, and could have had more story to get us to these points. It, it feels a lot like oh yeah didn't you know it's, it's like happening off page didn't you know this happened well, no i didn't because we're all reading the same story yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, like, like a whole bunch it's of like, information.
1: it's like an ancient greek tragedy they never really kill anybody on stage it's always like off stage and they're like yep they executed so and so it's like yeah. oh okay
3: oh okay cool. <laughs> exit yeah,
2: pursued by How... a bear what? sorry that's... was the shakespeare thing exit pursued by a bear Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the one of the downsides to our, our very strict, like, three-person points of view, because then when there's something going on that none of them can reasonably be there for, we don't get to see it. It's like, it wouldn't make sense—I mean, obviously, Horathan and Radon are both in Lantras, so they can't see the king kill himself, and it wouldn't really make sense for Serene to be going to see him in jail after what she just saw, so she can't really be there either, so it's like, oh, well, we can't see this happen, I guess— I, mean, I she guess could he have. could
3: be there for her to find out, though, because then it's like, hang on a minute, Eventio knows. Like how? Obviously, it's gotten out somehow.
1: He's got spies.
3: Well, he's got spies, but this isn't how Serena was finding out. She knew too.
0: Yeah, she already knew. That's true. That's true. We didn't even get to see her find out. Oh, oh that I had done. If, she,
2: if she discovered the body. Oh. Gone, gone down to the dungeons just to question him about it all and to like find out what the hell's really going on and just finds him hanging there. It's like that would have been dark, but I do like that. Here's
0: I is a guy that we never liked. Nobody ever had any positive feelings about him. And now he's dead and never had anything redeeming happen regarding him. Only went downhill the entire book. <laughs> so it's like, OK, well, I don't feel bad that he's gone. Um, Moving on. I just want more. I just want more answers about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I also like how Andal was just like, "Oh yeah, you want to hang yourself? Here's a rope, dude. No problem. That's a more honorable way to go. No worries.
2: I got you, bro. Just, just gonna leave this here. You do what you want. I'm gonna stare at the wall for five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, I'll take the you know the struggling and the choking sound, gurgling off to know that you're uh, that you're gone and I don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: Whoops! I dropped this rope as I was walking out the door. <laughs> oh, I'm, it'll be fine. I'll come back for it tomorrow. Uh, anyways, I guess let's let's get into these chapters. So, at the beginning of our of our first serene chapter, she has arranged for Duke Royal to throw a party, an eclipse viewing party, and she will be going as his uh, as his date. And she, she she she's very specific. She's not wearing a black dress. It's a it's a dark blue dress.
2: So just so that everyone knows.
1: Yeah, you colorblind fools. It's
2: blue. <laughs> and she's oh been, god, not that whole. Is is the dress white and gold, or is it black and blue? Yeah, me? exactly. Oh my, oh my <laughs> gosh, no, yeah, uh, She's been
0: feeling a little down since uh, the whole thing went down at Atlantis, and nobody. I, I I think probably a lot of it is her whole like she was kind of into spirit and now she's never going to see him again or whatever. And he betrayed her, but nobody else knows like that part of it. So they all think she's just like pouting because her plan didn't work out or whatever. And there's a couple of fun scenes in the party where they were like, as they're walking around, they run into like happy couples. And she's like, Oh fuck these people so hard. I don't want to see happy couples right now. And really has to be like, dude, get over yourself. You're in charge. We didn't ask you to come and be in charge. You took over this group and you can't, like, spend three days pouting in your room when we need you, your leadership at this point. Like, you insisted on being in charge, and you, you took over, and so you need to actually do your freaking job. And she's only been here a few weeks, so it's really, it's it's very impressive how quickly she's, everyone's just completely depending on her. He Royal says, Shuden and Iandell all but worship you, and Lucal and Keen stand by your side like unmoving stones. Even Ahan describes you as the most delightful young woman he's ever met. And she's like, well, I mean, what's left at this point? Like, the Gjorn, he's neutralized. He's in Atlantis now, so nobody cares about him anymore. And we've taken care of Iodon, I guess. So everything's good, right? And I was like, okay, look, you're not giving Iodon enough credit. Well, he's more cl- clever than we usually think. He did manage to become king and take everything over ten years ago. Let's not forget.
3: Also, I she, I what we know now. Is he more clever than what
0: we all think? I, I feel like no.
2: No. no
3: i'd be on the no side as well <laughs>
2: i remember reading that chapter and think oh they're building it up to an like an iodon comeback and he's going to be like much more present uh, threat for the rest of the book nope
1: nope <laughs> <laughs> they just needed to show enough of his like cowardice to like kind of let you believe yeah this guy's definitely capable of ritual sacrificing to try to kill somebody because. He, he's not. He's too scared to get his own hands dirty or like order the death of somebody. <laughs> so he's just gonna yeah. like pray to a like a demon god
2: to like basically destroy his foe. <laughs> get her, please. I do think the crucial part of this conversation as well is like Royal's telling her it's like no, no, we need you, we need you, and she's like, why? Like these two, these plans came off without a hitch with through no involvement of me. Like the <laughs> like the. <laughs> Like the yawn got taken by him, like just because, so I had nothing to do with that.
0: Oh, it's funny because she doesn't realize it in a way she did. Like he took the thing himself because of her outsmarting him, basically. But she has no way to know that. So.
2: Yeah, she has no way of knowing that.
0: And Royal has taken notice of Dilloff, and he's like, I've been I've been watching this dude. He's he's from Erlon, which means that he was probably raised Karathi, and those who've, who've turned away are the most hateful. And Serene's like, yeah, okay, that's a good point. We're going to have to deal with him, but not we can't deal with him the same way we did Hrathen, so we'll have to come up
2: with new plans. And was like, yeah, there
0: you go. That's my girl, planning, plotting.
2: We can't deal with him the way we deal with Hrathen, by sitting back and letting nature run its course.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting note about Royal that he's, like, one of the richest guys, but he has, like, a smaller house than most of the other big noblemen, but he makes up for it by having this, like, ginormous, luxurious, like, grounds and gardens and stuff. So his party happens out, in the gardens because he couldn't fit all these people in his house, and I think it, it even notes in here that she says he he spends more time outside walking around than he does in his house anyway. So, and so Royal's like, so you're gonna tell me why you insisted that we have this ball on this specific night? What are you even planning? And she's like, oh, you know, you'll see maybe. And uh, we we get the note that Royal has met her dad. He's like, hey, I haven't been old and senile all my life. There was a time when I traveled, and every good merchant has a few contacts in would I've had two audiences with your father, and both times he mocked my wardrobe. Apparently, he's uh, not nice to visiting merchants. We know he's not good at making deals with the merchants either, so they come in here and he makes fun of them and then sends them off to his accountants or something.
2: Yeah, business strategy. If he knows knows (laughs) he's not good at it. Right? It's like, you suck. Go talk
1: to my accountants. I
2: don't even have time for you. He's like, he mocked my wardrobe. What, were you wearing orange?
0: (laughs) And Royal's trying to guess at what her scheme is. Like, oh, so something to do with the king, huh? When she asks if the king's at the party. Maybe little Serene has sent someone to look through his chambers while he's gone. Like her seon, maybe? And then Aish, like, floats over. And Royal's like, oh, okay, fine.
3: (laughs) I love that. Because he thought he was so clever. (laughs) like, I've got you figured out. (laughs) No, you don't.
0: (laughs) He's like, I guess that was too obvious. Fine. I'll, I'll be sneakier. And Ace shows up to say the cook did lose a serving woman this afternoon. They say she ran off to be with his brother, but he hasn't heard from her. And so I didn't even mention that earlier. But Serene just ha- was in this, like, funk where she's like, everybody freaking hates me. And even the cooks, like, sent my dinner cold. And they said it was because they lost someone. But really, I know that they just don't have any respect for me or whatever.
1: And yeah, so, they're trying to stay away from me because they're scared or whatever.
2: Oh, yeah, that's what it was. They're scared because yeah. of how she yelled at I at if she yelled at the king she's definitely going to yell at me which okay yeah I can see that train of thought
0: yeah except we know that her previous interactions with the staff haven't been even when they forgot to clean her room the lady's like oh I'm so sorry she's like yeah no it's fine just you know don't let it happen again
3: Serini's going to yell at me so let's make her dinner late
1: oh yeah <laughs> that'll help yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, good, that's okay, definitely good not the move
3: <laughs> no but as someone who has anxiety totally get where three come from like you, yeah, you no. overthink everything uh-huh. and you just feel awful about it and it turns out that no one else is on the same wavelength yeah. everything's fine it's all in your head
0: yep no one whatever you're you're so upset about no one else has even noticed yep. and it's just all in your head yep been there and royal's, royal's like what was all that about like missing serving women what are you even and she's like oh nothing nothing and he's like uh-huh yeah okay wink wink nudge nudge sure and you the line, the problem with being clever is everyone assumes you're always planning something. So she sends Aish to go and watch the king and let her know if he tries to leave. Go and watch the king and make sure he doesn't leave. We already did that whole bit in a different episode, so we don't need to... Yeah,
1: I think, it was, I think it was just the last episode. No, I want you to stay here and make sure he doesn't leave.
0: After we did the episode, I had to watch that clip on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or not Facebook, sorry, YouTube, I don't know.
1: No, um, yeah, It's all it's all the same now
0: it's all internet and uh yeah she, she's like royal do we need to go join the king's private party and rose like well no i'm like the host so i need to go around talking to people and he's he's kind of like grinning and laughing at Shuden and tarina like dancing like ah one of the joys of my old age is to see young men proven hypocrites after all his those years of swearing he'd never let himself be caught complaining about the women all over him now he's all he, he's got got a thing for this girl she goes, "You're a mean old man." He's like, "Yeah, that's how it should be. Mean young men are trivial, and kindly old men are boring." So, and then we get, as they're walking around, she's thinking. We get some some backstory on her. the one time she was engaged to someone back in Tio, a count named Grayo, Grayo. I don't even know how you say that.
2: I read it as Grayo.
0: Yeah. Okay. And she tried to act less offensive than she normally was. And this was the only guy who was, like, willing to take a shot and be made fun of by the other guys for putting the moves on this, uh, the princess. And she knows, she's like, he he was weak-willed and not real smart and, uh, had a childish hesitancy about him.
1: Yeah, and, the whole package.
0: Yeah, well. So they got engaged, but she broke it off. She's like, not because I, she knew that living with the dull-minded grayo would have driven her mad, but because she realized she was being unfair to him. She was taking in, 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 advantage of his simple ingenu- ingenuous, ingenuousness. Sorry, don't mean a minute with that one. Knowing that he was getting himself in over his head.
2: Nice guy, just kind of dull.
0: Apparently. And it's, it's sad because after
2: she breaks up, the
0: guy has to leave the court and, like, live... Out on his lands for, like, three years to get over the shame of the whole thing. And that's when she just leaves Teot as part of her father's diplomatic corps and travels all around to all the major cities, from seat in Fjorden to the Sfordish capital. Never allowed to go to
2: Errolon, though. Which is weird. Like, is that something to do with Elantris or something to do with Cain?
0: Yeah, I think it... Like, everyone was scared of what, what what happened to Elantris and didn't know if it was, like, a disease that might spread or something like that. So that must be it, because it's like he barely... Her her dad barely allowed spies in the country, let alone his daughter. It wasn't until they became desperate for allies that he's like, okay, I guess let's uh, talk to Errol on again. Fair enough. And uh, so, yeah, she's thinking back to all this stuff, and Ro- Royal's like, dude, you look like your best friend just died. And she's like, no, nope, just my husband. And so he has to take a, a, another run at her, where he's like, you're going to have to... You can't, you can't act all like this whenever we run into any happy people and she's like, Yeah, I know. It's I know. it's just that kind of night. But also she realizes uh exactly one of the reasons that uh Royal doesn't have parties is because uh the women are just ready to jump all over him and he can't avoid them easily when he's throwing his own party. And she's like, Oh see so you sound like shooting and He's like no no shooting went about it the wrong way. He ran away and everyone knows no matter how hard you run, there's always someone faster. I don't run. I enjoy playing games with their greedy little minds. Uh, I love Royal. Let's see. Duke Tellery has set up his own kind of private section of the party, you know, like in opposition to the King. And we're like, Oh, that's a bad sign. Uh, an unforeseen effect of your tirade before the game, the more unstable he becomes, the more tempting other options appear. So Tellery is still, mm, although it, he's lost the support of the Gjorn. So maybe he's not as dangerous. Hard to say. Yeah, you have to wonder if, um, did Diloff know anything about that deal, or... Right? Yeah. That's a good question. Because he wouldn't probably try to, you know, take over that, uh, yeah. that, that agreement, if possible.
1: Right. If he wants Tori. Like, if he wants Aydan, ousted.
0: Sure. It's true. We really don't know what all Diloff's personal motivations might be, other than the fact that he hates Elantris.
2: And and also, how much of Raithan's higher plans Diloff was even in on. He was like the second in command of everything but he still meant like uh, he definitely doesn't know about the three month deadline and i don't think yeah he may not have known about the tellery deal so well he made a
0: comment at one point where he's like we have so little time and harithan's like how does this guy know about my deadline and he's like oh he must be just like guessing or something so maybe he does know uh, something about the deadline we don't know maybe or he's thinking of something else yeah i mean he might have his own timetable for something else entirely he's summon uh, sea monsters <laughs> And then Royals, Aeon shows up, Opa, and apparently Opa is very like uh, formal, and he tell he tells Serene that she, Opa oversees the gardens basically, which is a, a big job at this particular estate. But Opa has come to tell him that somebody fell into the what was the fountain? No, a pond. Somebody fell into the pond.
1: Yeah, it's basically Bruce Wayne's girlfriend's <laughs> swimming in the pool.
0: And uh, he's like, Lord redine fell in. It appears the wine proved too much for him. And Rael's like, oh, man, he probably scared the fish. Okay, well, make sure you get some towels and a ride home. Next time, maybe he won't mix ponds with alcohol. So Rael says that most of the nobles actually have Aeons. It's just they don't show them off because uh, they're too related to Elantris. And so they go over to check out the food tables, make sure everything's going smoothly. And, of course, that is where you find Ahan. And Hans, like, yeah, this is the food the food's the best part of the party, dude. Why would I be anywhere else? And then he's going off on Serene, like, I wouldn't have let my wife take part in this stupid fencing stuff if I'd known it would ruin her figure. And she Serene's like, Wait, ruin? And he's like, Look, we're from I'm from South Erlon. To us, round is beautiful. Okay? Not everyone wants their women looking like starving schoolboys. And then he go he he stops. It's like, Oh, sorry, no offense.
1: <laughs> Basically calling her a starving schoolboy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like Look, appreciate the you know, the body positivity for people who are larger, but don't thin shame.
3: Also, well, asshole, just be happy for your wife, right?
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> she wants to be thinner, and she likes getting all the exercise and the fencing. Just support her, bro. That's all you gotta well, do. And it's, it's just because your just... ass hasn't seen a treadmill in months. Yeah, <laughs> she, she wants to outlive you and spend your money, bro.
0: Yeah, that's how that's how you do. But uh, it's just like she's sitting here eating fruit, and uh, she's, he's like, she refuses to eat. She's like, uh, I'm enjoying my fruit. Maybe you should have some. He's like, yeah, maybe after I finish this plate of food, I'll try a plate of that. But Ahan, uh, you know, he's a big dude. What, what, what can I say? He he knows what he likes, apparently. And he's an asshole. We already kind of knew that, let's be fair. And Royal's like, okay, anyway, we're uh, we're going to go now. By the way, you better tell your caravan to hurry. And Alan's like, wait, what? What, what caravan? The one carrying sour melons from Dula del Swarden, of course. I sent a shipment a week ago. It should reach there tomorrow morning. I'm afraid, my friend, that your caravan will arrive to a saturated market, not to mention that your melons will be overripe. And Ahn's like, what the... How on earth did you manage that? And he's like, well, oh, you didn't know? I was partners with the Lucal and his whole fruit thing. I got the undripened ones from his shipment last week, and so they'll be ripe by the time they arrive. So... Lukal's good, good business sense is helping out uh, Royal as well to beat his, beat Ahan, his frenemy. And Serene's like, wow, you really are as good a businessman as they say. And Royal's like, uh-huh, every bit is good. But that young cousin of yours puts me to shame. I have no idea how he kept that sour melon shipment a secret. My Dooladan agents are supposed to inform me of such things. I only got in on the deal because he came to me for capital. Which makes sense. You're like Your friends would tell with Royal rather. he's one of the richest guys in the country. You need some money for a big deal. Who else are you going to go to? Maybe his dad, I guess. His dad's a rich dude.
1: Yeah, maybe he wanted to do it like outside of his dad's deal. Yeah.
0: But apparently Lucal has a very promising future, according to this old dude. And that's when Ace shows up and he's like, The king's leaving.
1: Yeah. Promising future means he will die in this book.
0: Oh. <laughs> that's mean. So the king said he was going to the bathroom, but instead he called his carriage. And Serena's like, Okay, sorry, Royal, I gotta run. And he's like, Serene, you you can't you can't just go. Sorry, got stuff to do.
1: Bye. Yeah, hands off, old man. I got to go.
0: It's like he tries to follow her, but she's younger and taller. So longer legs. And also he has a party he's in charge of. He can't just run out, although he apparently does just run out in a little bit. But when they when they get to the carriage, the king is not in the carriage, she says. He slipped out the other side and disappeared into the shadows. And she's like, "Okay, come on. I'm not dressed for sneaking. So you're going to have to go ahead and watch him and tell me where he goes. And so we know from later in the chapter that it is at this point that he calls Royal and is like, this girl's about to try to get herself killed. You got to come. But he does a very good job of acting like he is 100% just following orders here. So they're sneaking off through the night and she quickly starts to have second thoughts because she's like, even Kay is not super safe for a woman to be walking around by herself through back alleys in the middle of the night it's very dark, so apparently K is not a city with, like, you know, lanterns and stuff hanging everywhere at, at night. So he follows the king, she hangs back, and eventually comes, like, sh- he just entered the sewers. She's like, oh, the sewers? Hmm. So yeah, she's, uh, she's a little put off by the sewers, which, when we find out more about what how the sewers work here, I would be too, because ew. And uh, when H comes back and it's like he went in the sewers, she's like, you didn't follow him? And I will never be able to tell him. Also, he was joined by someone else. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that, but he was joined by two cloaked men after the party and then half a dozen more at the mouth of the sewers. And she's like, wait, you didn't follow? We'll never be able to tell them now. And she goes, well, yeah, that's that's unfortunate, my lady.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: Well, it's too bad. But she's like, no, wait, they'll leave tracks in the muck. We should be able to follow them. And she's like, no, look, Serene, you got to. I have to insist. You got to go back to the Duke's party. And she's like, no, not a chance. Like, it's my duty to protect you. I cannot allow you to go climbing through refuse <laughs> in the middle of the night. I have to stop this before it goes any further.
1: Sweet stall tactics, bro. Because even even reading this through the first time, I'm like, he knows. he Like, I'm thinking to myself, he knows he's not going to stop her. So what is he doing? So it makes a lot more sense later when you find out it was just stalling tactics.
0: Yep. Agreed. It's like, you know, this girl well enough to know that this is not going to convince her. He's like, I'll call your daddy on you. And she's like, uh, he lives in Teod. What's he going
1: to do? <laughs> <laughs> Speak loudly at you. Oh, yeah. Well.
0: Like fine. I I'll I go. I'll fly off and get Lord Ianville or one of the others. And she's like, and just leave me to get lost in the sewers by myself. Really? He's like, you'd never do something that foolish. Oh, right. Okay. You are indeed that foolish. And I like. She smiles at that. Like that's not a compliment, dude. Girl, dude. that's Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> says
1: Girl, dudes. Yeah.
0: Just a girl with hair like this.
1: It's terrible drawing
0: <laughs> it totally worked though
1: como yeah. well, you know everybody right yeah yeah
0: so yeah they, they go she's walking through the sewers the gross disgusting sewers in her nice dress and she thinks to herself like even i wouldn't have been dumb enough to come in here without any guidance guidance fortunately my bluff worked so not sure whether or not to be offended by the level of arrogant idiocy he thought her capable of it's true. Like, I'd, I'd, I would have said the same thing, dude. And I don't even know you as well as he does. So so apparently, and Magic used to have running water in all the houses in K, But now, they just dump trash and shit down here. And then every once in a while, they divert the river to wash it all out. <laughs>
1: so, I mean, you know, like a regular sewer, I guess. Eh,
0: not exactly.
1: I mean, a regular sewer in the time in, like... Yeah this kind of yeah, okay. level of technology.
2: Yeah,
0: okay, that's but fair.
2: This also adds a bit more to... This is how uh, Raiden and Karada got out that one time. If other if other Elantrias knew how to get that and pick the wrong knight to use the river to escape, they could have wound up down here.
0: Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Apparently they don't do it super often because she's like, it hasn't been done in a while. The, ugh, the wet muck comes up to her ankles. Bah.
2: <laughs> but could you imagine, like, uh, on and his buddies are doing a sacrifice, when all of a sudden, like the water washes up, and some Atlanteans come out, just like, "Hey guys, yes. what's going on?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, like
1: the fact that the muck comes up to her ankles, I'm like, man, I hope she hasn't been doing what what women I know do, and by that I mean wear super uncomfortable shoes that leaves open wounds on their heels. Oh, uh, oh no, no.
0: yeah. So as they're floating, or as as is floating, and she's waiting. Uh, through the sewer, he's like, so how did you know the king was going to leave the party? And she's like, oh, you can figure it out. And he's like, let me assure you, I have tried. So it is the one night of the week that she has always heard someone sneaking out through that passage. So whatever this is at 11 o'clock every this day of the week, every week he sneaks out. So figured if he's if it's that important, and he wants to keep to a schedule, then he'll leave the party and we'll be able to follow him and find out. And it had to be a late party because it had to be out until at least midnight. But the eclipse made a convenient excuse. So there you go. And she's like, I don't like that. This is bad idea. What would the king be doing down here at midnight? And Serene's like, Well, that's what we're here to find out. And she has a thought that maybe Prince Raiden is alive and imprisoned down in the sewers. And then they hear voices. They're like, Okay, dim your light. We're going to sneak up on him. And so Serene starts to sneak up to this corner where she can see torchlight around the corner. And she's going to peek around, but she does not notice that the the floor declines just before the intersection. Her feet slip, arms waving desperately. She slides down and comes to a halt right in the middle of the intersection where everyone can see her. And like the six people and I are just like staring like, what the where did you come from? And she's staring back. The king is naked except for blood smeared on his chest, has a knife in his hand. And the remains of an eviscerated young woman tied to the altar, completely sliced open.
1: I mean, ritual sacrifice is one thing, but why does he have to be naked?
0: I know, right? (laughs) And he's the only one naked, apparently, because the the others still have black robes on. So, uh, yeah, it's weird.
2: Maybe you're right. Maybe he was just done with the whole fertility side. The the others just get to watch. (laughs) 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 That's that's his only fan's account.
0: Oh, oh, well, apparently it smells really <laughs> bad down here, too. So this like this is not fun for anybody, I don't think, except right on. Apparently he's uh, enjoying himself in some way. And so also the uh, there's a dozen black robed forms behind him, all carrying daggers, and they start coming after her and uh, she wavers between the urge to retch and her mind's insistence that she scream and the screams came out on top. And she would be super dead if not for the fact that all of a sudden Iandell comes around the corner and just slices an arm off a dude. And other guys from his uh, uh, his officers come in and they're just, they have a fight. And then around the corner comes Diloff, does not join in the fighting, but just stands off to the side with a fascinated look on his face.
2: I can Ooh, see how
0: it Yeah, so cool. I can see if how, yeah. if you weren't reading closely, uh, it would seem like maybe Diloff was just already there. And he's hanging out <laughs> he's in the just back. hanging
1: out. <laughs> Again, it's just like I live here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you guys came into my house. It was it was my turn to host the ritual sacrifice and sorry to drag everyone down in the sewer, but rent is tough.
1: Yeah.
0: It's hard, yeah. It's hard out here for a pimp.
1: <laughs> yeah, priests uh priests don't make as much as you would think. Uh Lord Jadeth uh requires a lot of <laughs> sacrifice and so uh this is just this is another my side one of those things. Yeah. Renting out my room to uh, to ritual sacrifices for just scary mysteries.
2: <laughs> I don't believe in what they're doing, but I'm not opposed to it either. You know, money's yeah, money. Yeah,
1: live and let money. live. Or, I guess in this case, live and let die.
0: But Live and let murder.
1: Yeah, live and let murder. Yeah, James Bond, live and let die. There's much of voodoo in that one.
0: There is. There, there was. Uh, I like the song on that one a lot, actually
1: yeah it's paul mccartney isn't it that's a good song yep. is it i didn't remember that yeah it yeah. was
2: paul mccartney
0: makes sense then he's uh he, he, that guy can write and sing a song in case you guys weren't aware uh yeah he's, he's, he's pretty a, good he's at a that
2: talented guy
1: <laughs> in case you didn't know you know i'm pretty sure he was a Beatle. so that makes sense i guess
2: well i mean uh, you I laugh see what... but a, f- a, f- a few years ago he did like a like the guest guest appearance at some concert with Kanye West oh, and yeah, like I all heard about this, all the young people in the crowd started going like, who's this Paul McCartney guy? He's going to hit it really big after singing with Kanye. Like, Oh Jesus, yeah. Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah after,
0: that.
2: after that happened,
1: uh, I asked a girl at work or I asked the room at large at work. I was like, okay, who's, if I tell you these two names, who, who do you say is more famous? And I said, Kanye West and, Paul McCartney and literally everybody except the youngest girl there said Paul McCartney. The youngest girl was like Kanye West. Who's Paul McCartney? And I was like, Oh, oh God, the worst thing, the worst thing, the girl was a music major in college.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was
2: real it was, bad. It's like, you know, I get that, you know, some young people may not know music history and the Beatles were a while ago. I get that. But if he's still, if he's still around and doing stuff and you see him on stage, that you're not just like pulling up on Wikipedia or something. Right, exactly. exactly.
0: Like, oh, the Beatles. I've heard of them. Sure. The, the
2: Beatles.
1: Do you think it's like the bug? Do you think that's what they meant?
0: Well, that's, I was actually going to say that you're like he was a beetle, and I was like, I don't see what him being a bug has to do with anything. But yeah. all right.
1: This is, what do you mean he has like a really hard exoskeleton? I don't, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so Serene is trying to stand up in the sewage and just keep slipping down. And finally, like Royal has to help her up. Like the old 70 year old dude's like, here, let me, let me help you up here. Maybe next time you'll tell me what you're planning princess. And we cut to them, like sitting in a room at like Royal's house later. And Serene's like, Hey, you told him she's like, yeah. she's he, like, yeah, of course I told him what are you talking about? When? And I, I, I don't even remember it mentioned before. It's like she swapped for a robe because it, that was better than her velvet dress covered with sewage, which yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Velvet in particular, like, oh, geez. Yeah,
3: that would be great.
0: <laughs> That's getting burned. And uh, Royal's like, oh, he called Opa as soon as you left the driveway. And she's like, really, that soon? And she, and she says, I knew that you were never going to turn back no matter what I said. So
1: <laughs> He's also like, hey, they would have killed you. Yeah, you would no, be was... dead if not for me.
0: And she's like, well, why'd you try to stop me then? And he's like, well, I was stalling. The Duke insisted on coming himself, and the, his group moved slowly. I like the, the implications, like, okay, Royal's an old dude, and so the group had to move a little slowly. What can I say? And Royal's like, dude, I, I might be slow, but I was not about to miss whatever you were planning. Like, I'm <laughs> super curious, okay? And the soldiers were just already at the party, so uh, Royal ran around gathering up some, some guys, and they took off. And so she's like, okay, so after I ran off, Ace told you on that I was pursuing the king. And he's like, actually, I think his exact words were, the foolish girl is going off to get herself killed. She's like, "Aish," and he says, I apologize, my lady. It was I was rather out of sorts. I like their relationship. It's great. And this is, I think, a little bit different side of it than we've ever gotten to see before, where uh, they're not really in agreement. And they're not always in agreement, but he's like doing stuff behind her back for her own good.
3: And I mean, lucky he did.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: That would have ended very poorly for Serene. Like
0: I, I do would have basically gotten his wish where it's like he was asking the door or whatever to kill her. And uh, it's like, oh, hey, she showed up and no one knows she's here. We can kill her. How convenient for my next wish. um, (laughs) That's yes. They go through the sewers. They hear her screaming. And Ian Dell shows up and Rose like, geez, you are really lucky to have that man's loyalty. She's like, yeah, I know. This is like the second time this week. His sword has saved me, basically. She's like, I'm going to kick the king next time I see him for convincing the nobility that military training is beneath them. And Rose's like, you're probably going to have to stand in line to kick the king's ass. Uh,
3: <laughs>
0: none of the city's priests are going to be uh, happy with the king taking part in just scary mysteries.
2: I don't know. Diloff seemed kind of into it. Eh, yeah,
3: I well, think Diloph is a special breed.
1: I feel like, <laughs> I think he was more observing, like, hmm, interesting, fascinating captain.
0: I feel like Diloff <laughs> yeah. was recognizing an opportunity.
3: Yeah, sure. what was How can I make this work for me?
0: Yeah. I don't feel bad about any of this. I just uh, want to know how I can manipulate it.
3: I'm Oh, go, boy. <laughs> how, how many more things could go my way? <laughs> going Raisin's gone. The king's doing some weird shit. <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> Especially if he does know about the tellery thing and he's now in a position to make that all work because the king is obviously going to be in some trouble here. So he may he may think here's my opportunity to get all the glory for converting Errolon. But Aish kind of brings them all back down again by being like and sacrificing that poor woman. And everyone's like, oh, right. And Lugul's like, really? So, so that's really what it was? And so he's like, yeah, the mystery sometimes involves sacrifices. I must have wanted something very badly. And Aurel's like, oh, yeah, Diloph said he knew some stuff about this. And he seemed to think the uh, the king was petitioning the Jesker spirits to destroy someone for him. She's like, oh, shit, me? was like, yeah, Diloph said the instructions were written on the altar in the woman's blood. <laughs> oh boy. So we've discovered what's happening to all the maids and cooks who are disappearing from the palace. We're not gonna get any of them back, but at least we know what was going on. Right, hopefully, yeah. yeah.
1: We also know why perhaps Iodon treats women with such disdain if he Maybe. If he That's regularly right. sacrifices them or you know, whatever.
0: It's a good point. The others were all minor nobles. Iodon wouldn't have involved anyone who could challenge him, Royal says. And Serene's like, hey, hold on. Where did Diloph come from? And Royal's like, yeah, that's that's my bad. He saw me gathering Iandell's men, and I was kind of in a hurry, and he followed us, and we didn't really have time to deal with him. Which, yeah, if, they, if they'd showed up like five seconds later, she might have been dead. So they really didn't have time. And then Ahan comes in, and he's like, holy crap. First you oppose the king, then you rescue the king. Now you dethrone the king. Will you please make up your mind, woman? And she's like, so there's no chance of keeping this a secret. And Roy's was like, oh no, Dilloff is already told like half the city. So tellery's definitely going to take power now. Where's Iandel locking the king in the jailhouse? And we're shooting, still seeing that the women got home safe, I assume. And so she's like, okay, we're going to have to come up with a plan, a, a new plan, and it, mostly it's going to be damage control. And that's the end of that chapter. Which, yeah, you're going to need a plan. There's one interesting annotation from this section that I I, I just thought was kind of an interesting writing note where he says so Serene's extended internal narrative about Gario remains remains in the book despite slight disfa- dissatisfaction on my part with the section it feels a little expository and we've gotten implications regarding these things before i'm not sure we really learn anything new about Serene's character here we just get some specifics about her past However, one of the nice things about a book like this or just books in general, as opposed to movies, is you don't have to worry too much about every scene and every moment. I don't have to shave seconds quite intensely as a filmmaker might or even shave words as an author of a shorter work might. I can afford some diversions like this, even if they just kind of ramble a bit. So maybe that's a spoiler that probably Gario is not going to show up and uh, be be the Dread Pirate Roberts or whatever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Greyer was Dreeot cross throat.
1: Yeah, dude, that would be uh, pretty sick. Did it all be because Serene like, You Farine scored me, yeah, yep. you scored me, and now I am the dreaded pirate, Crush Throat.
0: But it's an interesting note about writing where he's just like, you know, sometimes I come up with a cool idea and I don't have to cut it out because it's not a movie and I'm not like uh, shaving seconds here and there. So then we move to Wraithan, who at the beginning of his chapter has been in the Lantress for three days, having spent all that time in prayer, apparently. He's thirsty and hungry, and so he finally decides to take a break. He's going to eat the moldy old bread and vegetables and stuff. And I don't know if the implication here – it's like he was thirsty and hungry, and he'd fasted before, but this hunger was somehow different. Like his body was trying to warn him of something. And so I don't know if there's – if since we're still not sure that it was that potion that did it at this point, is this trying to imply that he really has become an Elantrian and – like? the hunger is somehow different for Lantrians because we know what that's like for them.
1: I, I wanted to think basically at this point or or by this point, I was having doubts about my theory that he really was Elantrian because of what Jamie and Dak had said. So at this point when I'm reading this, I was like, if it's been three days, that's like the longest the human body can go without drinking something. So my guess is that it's more in reference to especially now with the hindsight, it's more in reference to the fact that he has gone three days without consuming anything. So his body's probably trying to tell him like, Hey, you're going to die if you don't mm. eat or drink.
0: Mm. And he's sitting here contemplating, cause it's that same night and he's seeing the eclipse that they were having that party to watch. And he's contemplating like the kind of majesty. He's like, I kind of get it how like some of these, like this Jessica religion could regard the moon with worship and stuff. And these more primitive cultures. So he's like, I can't be like that. I'm not going to have that kind of simple-minded devotion. And he, he's thinking about his his own faith, and he's like, look, I'm I'm not a zealot. I'm never going to have this extreme passion. In the end, he followed Shu Dareth because it made sense. That would have to be enough. And here's where it starts to give hints, because he's like, he didn't know how long it would how long it would be until he left Lantarus. His exile could last days. So he knows that something is uh, gonna that this is not going to be permanent. Which is a big old hint that it's like, oh, wait, this is this is part of the plan. So yeah, he takes the basket, eats the, the gross food, even some of the corn, the hard grain softened slightly by their extended bath in Elantris slime, which, OK, you, but whatever. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Down's the flask of wine.
3: <laughs>
1: slime makes it go down easy. Uh, spoonful spoon of slime helps the medicine go down. The medicine oof. go down. Yeah, it's gross.
0: So he, he, he decides that he might lack passion, but he has all the determination he needs, and he goes back to praying. It's like, I'm just going to have to do what I've always done, do my best, serving Lord this Empire. There was nothing else God could expect of him.
2: It's like, it makes sense, but I do feel it's like, oh man, he finally got thrown into a Elantris, and he could have like gone around and done some stuff in there. It's like, I get, I understand why he's sitting at the gates praying until he gets better. I get that, but it just seems a bit, man, he could have done more and had a bit more of an action-packed chapter in here.
0: Yeah, it feels a- like an opportunity wasted. I agree. Yeah. So we cut to Raiden. That was a very short chapter. And and like you said, it's very introspective. There's not a lot. There's barely anything that actually happens. But I think for uh, Hraithan's character, it's kind of a turning point because he seems to have reached a, a decision in his crisis of faith that he's been having. That's mm-hmm. true. And actually, in the annotations, Brandon says this is a major t- turning point for Rathan. His part of the book pivots on this chapter and the decisions he makes here will influence what he does going forward. I think the important realization he realizes here is that not every person's faith, person's faith manifests in the same way. He's different from other people and he worships differently. That doesn't make his faith inferior. That's cool. Right
3: enough.
0: Yeah. And oh, so here's some interesting background that we never get to get, but I'm going to so he goes, "When I designed this book, I knew I wanted a religious antagonist." Actually, the idea for the Dorethi religion was one of the first conceptual seeds for this novel. I've always been curious about the relationship between the Catholic Church and the Roman Empire. While Rome itself had declined in power, the church that grew with it, almost as a side effect, had become one of the dominant forces in the world. And I wondered what would happen if an empire decided to do something like that intentionally. The early Dorethi leaders, then, were a group who realized the problems with the old Fiordal Empire. It collapsed upon itself because of bureaucratic problems. The old empire was faced with rebellions and wars and never managed to become stable. The Dorethi founders realized the power of religion. They decided that if they could get the nations of the East to believe in a single religion, with that religion centered in Fjordan, that they would have power equal to or even greater than the power of the old empire. At the same time, they wouldn't have to worry about rebellion or even bureaucracy. The peoples of other nations would govern themselves, but would give devotion, loyalty, and money to Fjordan. So these men appropriated the teachings of Shu Dureth. Mixed them with some mythology from the old Fjordal Empire. The resulting hybrid added the Fjordal martial work ethic, created an aggressive, intense religion, yet one that was constructed with a logical purpose in mind. And the priests spent the next few centuries converting and building their power base. The result is a new empire without governments or armies, yet far more powerful than the old empire was. So background on this religion and this empire is kind of interesting to me. So if we remember... Last Rayoden chapter, he'd come up with his plan to jog Shaor's wild men back into being human again, basically, by reminding them of what it was like to be civilized. Turns out that that plan didn't work super well, not the way he intended anyway. (laughs) A few of them came that night to cook their food, but most of them did not. They came for another reason.
1: Yep, they presented the wig of godhood.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they really did. So they just, they, they, they walk up, they give him, It says the head of their former god, or at least her hair. They toss the wig at his feet, its follicle stained with dark, stagnant Elantrian blood. They have not been able to find Sheor's body, and then they all bow down to him, and they're like, uh, and as he puts it, it's like, that when these simple minds are faced with a force more powerful than their own god, there's only one thing they can do,
2: convert and worship this new god. We will read things off you. Then do them. Free us from thought and responsibility. <laughs> yep. So We are dumb. We are dumb. <laughs> oh, that's such a great bit. Yeah. One of my favorite bits from the whole show, I think.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. But no, so now he's using them. Like, basically, they'll do whatever he tells them they're docile and they'll just you know he tells them go there do this they go there do that and he rewards them with bits of food just as one would a favored pet and it disturbs him to use men like beasts and he was trying to restore their minds but even after two days he knows that it's a futile hope
2: not gonna lie I was like legit thought he was just gonna have a like whole crisis and just go all right let me just lead these guys in single file to the pool and just sort of send them all in one after the other I, I wouldn't blame him honestly
3: yeah I guess although while they're providing manpower at the moment
0: yeah
3: let it go still,
0: still has use for them yep they're moving mm-hmm. rocks they're uh and apparently the pain doesn't seem to affect them much they'll do anything he asks no matter how menial or laborious he, it says if he told them to push on a building until it fell over he expected he'd return days later to find them still standing there mm-hmm. pushing on the building <sighs> yeah despite their apparent obedience right? oh yeah no yeah he does not trust them still, which I don't blame him because they just <laughs> murdered their last god. To, so what would it take for them to kill you? Probably not much. Yep. And so we, we, we go off and Raiden has apparently been explaining everything he learns about the Aeondor to Galadon and Karata, And he's really trying to study and learn everything fast and communicate the information to them because he can feel the pain growing worse. He says it's only been five weeks since he got here and he doubted he would see another five weeks. So we're five weeks since the beginning of this book. That is not long. Nope. Considering. See, so yeah, when Serene told her dad she's going to wait two months to overthrow anything,
2: uh, this is like a barely a month. Now, to be fair, all she happened to do was stumble into a room and found him naked over a corpse. So... Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, she did set up the plan so that she would find out what he was doing. It's not like she was just coincidentally in that sewer. No,
2: but she didn't expect, she like, a, <laughs> a, a, just like, I'm just going to follow this guy and by doing so topple his, like, his rule. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if she had just stumbled into
1: the sewer, though, like, oh, what a nice night for a stroll. Oh, look, a sewer. Let me check this out. <laughs> I love architecture.
2: <laughs> Passed off while he charges admission and, oh, look, naked people and dead people. Yeah. And they aren't the same people. Galadon is annoyed. Like,
0: I don't see why we have
2: to try to learn all this. I'd barely understand half of what
0: you're saying, dude. And Ryan's like, it's really important. If something happens to me, somebody has to be able to carry on figuring out what is wrong with us and trying to fix this. And so today his new discovery is I know why Lantrus is covered with slime. So all the rocks and everything used to glow. And it turns out that there was a, uh, like a mold or a fungus that mm. grew on everything like a, kind of a thin sheen of transparent whatever that fed off the magical light and everyone kind of ignored it because it didn't bother anyone and actually made the glow like look cooler it says it enhanced the radiance it was tough didn't make a mess until it died so lights turn off the fungus rots the entire city is covered with slime and I guess it's like kind of oily. It's like an oil-based slime because that's why <laughs> the water pounding on it from rain and stuff doesn't wash anything away. And so is like, wow, there's a lot of cool stuff in this, these books, huh? Cannot find any mention of how to make seons. And th- he's like, I always assumed that seons were created by Aeon Dor, But if so, these books don't explain anything about it. A lot of them talk about the passing of famous seons from one person to another, but that's about it. And then they have a discussion about how seons work and how you can pass one to someone else or tell it who it's supposed to go to and serve if you should die. And Karada's like, wait, so you mean like an ordinary person could have a seon? I thought it was only nobility. And Rounds like, well, it's all up to the previous owner. And Galadon jumps in to say, well, nobility are not likely to pass their seon to a random peasant. Seons like wealth tend to stay in the family, Kolo. And Karada brings up an important point that I think we've talked about before. So what happens if it the owner dies and no one has told the sayon where to go. Round's like, Oh. And Calvin's like, Don't look at me, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. And just like with any question that people don't know, he's just like, I don't
0: know, the force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the door? That's your answer for everything. And then we end the chapter with Daisy running in. It's like, My lord, my lord, the Yorn has been healed And I don't know if I feel like that's cliffhanger. It's like, he's been healed. I guess we don't know what the reaction to it is going to be, but it's not like my Lord, my Lord, something insane has happened. And then that's the end. Like, we don't know what it is. We know what it is.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a, like a a holy shit note to end the chapter on, but the fact remains like the next chapter ends on the same note. (laughs) Yeah. So you're right.
3: (laughs) I mean, I like that. It aligns everything. I like, Oh yeah. We know that they're all up to the same spot.
0: And so we got to Serene and, uh, her dad having a talk five weeks and you've already dethroned a king. Never let it be said you don't work quickly. And she's like, well, it's not like I intended to. I tried to save him. He shouldn't have gotten mixed up in the Jesker mysteries. And he's dudes like I shouldn't have sent you there. You were bad enough. While you visit our enemies. <laughs> I wonder what she did as part of the diplomatic corps. He's like, oh, no.
1: She's probably just like Teod's better than all of you. So we're going to get what we want. And you're going to listen to me because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm very forward.
0: And so, yeah, the king already knows that I is dead. And Serene's like, oh, you've heard. He's like, Look, I've got a few news. Yeah, the, exactly. Some, <laughs> some, the, the, the word on the street. But he says he's got some new spies in Aralon uh recently. I'm not going to leave my daughter alone in the country without keeping an eye on her. And she's like, who? He's like, y- you don't need to know who. And she's sitting here trying to figure it out. She's like, they have to have a say on. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. He only hanged himself last night. I'm not going to tell you who the spy is, OK? If you knew, you would just appropriate him for your own purposes. <laughs> like, Fine. You're it's a me who this is. Uh I, I, I love this. I, their relationship is just always fun. And even when it's like this national emergency and he's like, I got my spies. And she's like, who? I want to know who the spy is. Who's the spy? It's a
2: great it's father, like, father. No, daughter, it's spy. my spy, not yours.
0: Exactly.
2: It's like you would just try to
0: steal him. your own spy. Get your own (laughs) spy.
1: spy. Then it'd be like spy versus spy. Oh (laughs) man, I haven't thought that about a while.
0: Uh, And so yeah, she's like, I guess Lord. He says, how how to get the rope? And she says, Lord Indal must have arranged it. He thinks like a warrior, and it was a very efficient solution. We don't have to force an abdication, and suicide restores some dignity to the monarchy. He's like, dude, a little bloodthirsty, aren't we? And she's like, you did not see him. He didn't just murder the girl. He enjoyed doing it. And he's like, my sources say that Telri will probably take the throne. And Serene's like, not if we can help it. Telri would be even worse than Iodon. He's not just a Durethi sympathizer. He'd be a terrible king. Not that Iodon was like a prized king. but And he thinks, he's like, a civil war is not going to help anybody. And she's like, no, it's not going to. You have no idea how non-militaristic these people are. Living for centuries under Elantrian protection, they don't think... In those kind of terms. So we're going to try to get royal crowned, basically. And then lunch gets delivered and we get an interesting little thing where uh, he's like, oh, what are you having? Oh, I bet it's good. I'm not allowed to eat anything good.
1: Yeah, oh, it's, well, that's very weird moment. He's like, she's like, I'm going to use some butter on it. He's like, oh, God, butter.
2: <laughs> butter. The, f- the first thing I thought was like, oh, oh, if you really like food so much, maybe you shouldn't have kicked out your cook brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why, actually, his wife is like, we can't keep eating all of these, like, delicious delicacies. And he's like, fine, you want me to kick my brother out of the kingdom? I'll kick him out of the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, but
0: uh, when he sighs, it's like your mother has a new fascination, raggish weed soup.
3: Isn't that the le- thing le- le- that
2: local um, used it yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Luke was talking about. Yeah. Yes, so yeah, when when Keane's house is empty, he's like <laughs> who stole my whole family and Luke was like nobody stole us. We just heard you were making haggis weed soup again. So it's like we were out. So I, everyone seems to agree this is not a great dish.
3: <laughs> also in terms yeah. of name dropping, crushed throat is out, haggis weed soup is in.
1: Yep, that's an, we're going to yeah. talk about. This. <laughs> yeah. It turns out Crush wrote, like we said, since he's like a master chef, it's actually Keen. He like invented, <laughs> he invented oh, ragweed.
2: Yep, there you go. It all comes together somehow. <laughs> yep. okay. all, all, all I think whenever I hear this is um, Shrek just going, oh, weed soup. No, nah, I don't mean the brack, but I make a mean weed soup. <laughs> <laughs> some weed rat.
3: Uh, my image of Keen has just kind of changed. <laughs> Turned into
1: large green Michael Myers.
3: <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> well, apparently Keen is a very big dude. Sure. But, uh, and the king is nowhere near green. that big. I didn't say green, so I don't Maybe maybe not. <laughs> it doesn't say he's not green, though, so, you know. What green does that
3: rhymes with Keen.
0: Yeah. Coincidence? Te- technically, his name is, like, Kayine, so. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Damn it. laughs>
2: The next time they're all over his house for dinner, they hear from the kitchen going, donkey, what are you doing here? <laughs> so they
0: have a whole discussion about, like, jindo notions what? of health. And he's like, well, in Doolittle, they think fat people are attractive. Like, why do we have to care about what the jindo think are healthy? It, it, where has it been proven that butter makes you fat? Bread makes you fat? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> You get fat. Why? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you Bread fat? makes you fat? Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Like, Maybe
3: they should they... swap it out for uh, cauliflower.
0: Yeah, yeah. see? <laughs> 100%. Maybe they don't have yeah. cauliflower on sale. They need to like uh, get get some of that there.
1: I mean, if they got ragweed, surely they got cauliflower.
0: <laughs> Maybe uh, fragweed is cauliflower. That's yeah, true. it could, could be. I bet it's
3: That's actually kale.
0: <laughs> it's kale, exactly. Or sun, <laughs> it sun has choke. To be kale or, something. or similar. Yeah. Or seaweed. Oh, I, I can see seaweed being called fraggish weed. Yeah, okay. She's like, you know what the Jindo say? If it burns, it isn't healthy. He's like, I haven't had wine in ten years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everything burns. I don't know what they're talking about.
0: He's like, sweet soup burns if you dry it out enough. <laughs> and uh, I tried, and she's like, I doubt Mother responded well to that little experiment. But there's a, there's a bit in the annotations where he's like, so the Jindoese food section is another one of these potentially out of place sections, but I had a lot of fun writing it. I'm interested in the fact that some more quote-unquote primitive cultures often understand the same things that modern medicine and science do, they just can't quite explain themselves to our satisfaction. So it makes sense to me that a culture like the Jindoese might figure out that a diet lower in fats is good for you, but they might not completely understand why. Anyway, poor Evan Tio doesn't get to eat butter anymore. If it burns, yep. it isn't healthy. No sriracha for you! <laughs> That's a different kind of burn. Also, one other note that he makes... He says, and an interesting note about this book is how small the armies are. Often in books, you deal with armies that are tens or even hundreds of thousands in the big war epics. It makes sense to me that in Lantris, they're talking about hundreds of men, not thousands. This may seem like a ridiculous number for a defense force, but I imagine Errolon being a small country, quite isolated, and as noted in the text, rather innocent. They only need police forces. My editor was worried about my use of the word legion, actually, for Iandel's personal force, saying that dictionary-wise, a legion is much larger while this may be true. I think the fact that they call it Ian Legion in caps, uh, or the, both words capitalized rather, makes it a proper noun, and that makes it usable. It's kind of an honorary title rather than a descriptive name.
2: Yeah, it's like Dumbledore's Army. There was only I mean, yeah. like a dozen of them. Exactly. See, there you go. It's true. Although a dozen wizards, that's quite an army.
0: That's hmm. true. Yeah. Depends on how good they are. I mean, some of those some of those uh, guys started out pretty sucky.
1: Oh, they got taught by the best, you know.
0: ADP! Anyway, he's like, OK, I got to go. Thanks for taking the time to call your poor old dad. Every once in a while to let him know you've overthrown the whole nation. By the way, uh, as soon as we found out about Iodon's suicide, Sinalan commandeered one of my fastest ships and set sail for Errolon. He should be there in a few days. And she's like, what's the patriarch having to do with any of this? And he says, I don't know. Uh, he wouldn't tell me, but I got to go. Bye. And so the patriarch, yeah, I guess.
1: i here. The patriarchy's the worst. I'm mean, all right <laughs>
0: So I get, I guess this guy is like the Pope of Shukorath, is what we're finding out here. Where so he's like, not
1: Viking Pope. No. What, yeah. what is he? He's like. Uh,
0: he's a. Uh, well, Shukorath is all about love, so it's like hippie Pope. I don't know.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, or maybe like uh, let's call him Cupid Pope. Vash the
0: Stampede Pope.
1: Love
3: and peace. Peace.
1: Yeah.
3: I hope he turns up in tie dye. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: With like Show long
0: that. braided hair and
1: a headband. Yeah, he's actually yeah. the dude. He's just like, hey man.
2: Oh, the Church of the Latter Day Dude.
1: Yeah. I he's like, uh, he's like the re- that rug really tied the room together, man.
2: Just this... walks in, just
1: like, eh, white Russians, let's
2: go. Aggression will not stand, man. Yeah,
1: this <laughs> aggression will not stand, man. He's like, <laughs> he's. Uh... Oh shoot, I, I lost it with the aggression will not stand. Never mind. <laughs>
0: Um, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling.
1: Yeah, it's like you have to use so many cuss words, hippie pope or dude pope. He's like, the fuck are you, talking about. <laughs> uh,
0: and so they cut to Royal being like, hey, I've never met the patriarch. Is he like Father Omen? And Sirian so goes, no, no, no. Signilon is a self-serving, e- serving egotist with enough pride to make a dreathy gion look humble. And the up like, what? The- hey, that's the father of our church. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I also, I, I remembered it now. It's like, you know, you're talking to you're talking to Dude Popey's He's like, yeah, I used to be in the music uh, industry. And it's like, oh, yeah? It's like, yeah, I was a roadie for, roadie for Metallica. Metallica, <laughs> speed of sound tour. Uh, <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. And she's like, calm down, Andel. You don't have to ward off evil. I'm not going to reject Domi because he put a fool in charge of his church. Fools need to have a chance to serve, too. And ever, like, Royal's laughing at her. And she's like, what? He's like, I just, you have... Like, you're more opinionated than anyone, male or female, that I have ever met. And she's like, well, you must live a sheltered life, dude. Anyway. And we get some talk about Keen's dining room, decorated with his travel mementos. There's his throat-crushing gauntlets on the wall. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And uh, Luko comes, comes in. He's like, Telri's definitely going to take – trying to take the throne. And Yandel's you know, like, well, not with the my legion backing royal, he won't. And Ahan also has just come in. He's like, well, you have like only a dozen men here. And Serene goes, well, that's more than Telri has. And Han says, not anymore. The Elantris city guard have left their posts and set up camp outside Telri's mansion. And Ian Del's like, those guys, what losers. Like, they can barely fight. And Han's like, yeah, but there are more than 600 of them. So at 50 to 1 odds, even I would fight against your legion.
1: That's that's fair. Clearly, this dude's never heard the story of the 300, but whatever. <laughs>
0: I don't know the Indels guys are the 300, but okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true, I guess. Also, they don't have uh, they don't have a geographical location that protects them from uh, from being routed.
0: It's true. They're gonna go fight at the gates of Elantris and stand right there <laughs> for some reason. And so they're all sitting here like nobody can come up with a plan for how they can get around the fact that I mean, Teleri has is wealthier. So what are they gonna do? Technically, the law would make him king. And he also has the military edge now. So, and Shudan kind of hesitantly perks up. He's like, I, I might have an idea. And they're like, okay, well. well, Serene is very wealthy. Rowden left her at least 500,000 DOs. I don't think we've ever heard their currency named before this, so we have no idea how much that is. But 500,000, of almost anything, is a lot. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, even in pesos, that's pretty good.
0: And Luca's like, we've already talked about this. She has a lot of money, but still less than Royal. So I guess that must be, she must have a pretty large amount of money if they're comparing it to Royal, who's like the second or third most rich guy in the country. So, And Shun's like, well, yeah, but if they had their money pulled
2: together, it would be way more than Telri. And Aisha's like, like... Just speaking of, like, the, the money and everything that, uh, that I got left he... behind, uh, what about Iodon's fortunes? Has Queen Eshin just inherited that? Okay. Could could they that try and he
3: get energy. her on? Yeah. Could they get
2: her on side i i bet you a lot of his money is
1: is the merchant stuff is probably tied up in like trade and i i would guess based on what we've seen so far that the other major merchants are just kind of going to cut up all of his trade agreements yeah. and uh, between themselves and steal all his market
0: well, and we know that he was only like the richest because he counted tax revenues as part of his personal revenue for the country. But
2: he would still have a lot of money that, yeah, maybe they should get Eshin involved. That's a good thought. Was it his money's all tied up in like the Rose Barbarians, the equivalent of like the Cayman Islands offshore banking corporation or something. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not liquid, John.
1: I'm not liquid. But yeah, H points out
0: that her marriage contract technically is now void. It dissolved as soon as Iodon killed himself and removed his line from the throne. As soon as someone else becomes king, she will no longer be an Araline princess. So if they can combine their two fortunes, they will not only have enough money to be the richest and therefore uh, in charge, but they will have this claim of lineage because she was Iodon's daughter by contract. So, uh, it would have like that backing as well, and so people would probably support it. And Royal's like, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, the marriage would be strictly political, Serene. And she goes, Yeah, I understand. We will do what must be done. So yeah, it's not uh, not the most romantic moment, which is exactly what Royal says in the next scene. Like, I'm sorry, that wasn't very romantic. And she says, It's all right. That's how political marriages are supposed to be: dry, contrived, but extremely useful. And he he's he's trying to tell her, like, I meant what I said. This will only be a union of convenience. Do not fear yourself obligated in any other way. And she's like, well, I mean, there will need to be heirs. And he laughs. He's like, no, 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 thanks, but no. Even if it were physically possible, I couldn't go through with it. <laughs> he's an old dude. What can I tell you? He's not. Uh, he's not Hugh Hefner. They don't Things have don't work
1: down there no more. <laughs> uh, I'm glad he's not Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner's dead.
0: Well, that's true too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're somehow for real well, life yeah spoiler yeah. for reality um, if you're if you somehow are listening to this and had not heard a few hefner's demise uh like you know three years ago or something yeah exactly however long ago it was uh sorry uh, is... hearing it first i don't have great bedside manner <laughs> i'm no doctor dude's dead
0: get over it <laughs> Jeez. this time your wedding contract won't forbid remarrying after i die when i'm gone you can finally choose a man of your own preference and by that time, we'll have replaced Iodon's silly system with something more stable. Your children with your third husband will inherit the throne. And she's like, wow, okay. I mean, you know, if it does go that way, then at least I'll have something worth attracting a new husband with. The throne would be a tempting prize, even if uh, I were attached to it. It's like, look, okay, we. this is something we've been needing to talk about, actually. You are way too hard on yourself. You're a great judge of character of everybody except yourself, apparently. You are like worthy of being loved, and he's just really nice and encouraging, and he's like a sweet old dude here.
1: Yeah, I guess. It is nice, but at the same time, it's like, okay, that's pretty rich, dude, you, you telling her, like, hey, we need to talk about this. You're a great person, when he was just like, you don't need to worry about trying to have sex with me or, or producing heirs. I'm old. I'm an old man. You know, I'm not for you. You'll find another husband. I'll die soon. Don't worry. Like, he was basically just doing the same thing.
3: Yeah. I sort of read he, that more coming from a place where he's like, look, I'm not going to make you do that. You know, yeah. Right. You, you can do better than me. Which may be true. Well, yeah. Which may
1: be true. That all may be true, but also like that he's, and of course she's younger, so she shouldn't be thinking these things about herself, but he's basically chastising her for doing the exact same thing that he is doing.
0: Well, no, cause she, and it's, it's, I think it's a little bit different because even cause he, she, he's like, look, you have this perception of yourself as, like, an old maid, but you're actually young and beautiful. So and, – and and that's fair because it, – it, it, heck, that's one of the first things Jamie said when we started the book was, like, I'm not real happy about this. You're an old maid at 25 stuff. Yeah, exactly. But...
3: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what does it do for the rest of us at 32, man? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and, he, and that that made me laugh, too, because in this section I think she even thinks, well, I'll only be in my 30s by then. I guess it's not that old. Oh, my gosh, yeah.
0: And he says in the annotations here, he's like, the scene in the carriage has been there from the beginning, but I changed it a little bit. His line, you're an excellent judge of character except for your own, is something that I think needed to be said to Serene at some point in the book. The actual suggestion that it happened came from my master's thesis committee. They correctly saw Serene as someone who had an unrealistic image of herself. She isn't unmarriageable or unwantable, as she thinks she is. Even back in Teod, she wasn't regarded quite as harshly as she assumes, However, she's very hard on herself. Someone needed to sit her down and tell her, at the same time acknowledging to the reader that she isn't as bad as she seems to think. Because it's true, We are all we have is her word for all of the stuff, so having someone else pop in with a different opinion, like someone who has gotten to know her a bit, to be like, okay, look, you are too hard on yourself, kind of recontextualizes some of the internal monologues she's had, where she's like, oh, I suck and nobody ever liked me.
2: It also just gave me sort of a parallel to uh and in the last chapter he's just like oh man i'm like dying i'm like gonna fall to the ho, like to the i'm mean, gonna lose my mind and become a hoeed and Galen's just like yeah man you're like you're not you're not gonna become a hoeed anytime soon that's never gonna happen it's like mm-hmm. kind of interesting like that like both these chapters they're both being told you're better than you think you are it's true I, I didn't realize the the symmetry there
0: he also mentions in the annotations as for the ending lines yes i did it again the same little cliffhanger extension from before. I figured I knew it since this structure threw Hraithan into the city. Why not use the triad system to do the same thing with him coming out? So, yeah, see, he's 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 messing with you on purpose. Ah, (laughs) I love Royals line where he's like, yeah, I mean, it's a shame. Ahan's already married, huh? And she's like, dude, I have had enough emotional shocks for one week. I would kindly thank you not to make me sick to my stomach as well. (laughs) And then there's a commotion and rose like what's going on they're in his carriage by the way we didn't mention that and so they look outside and they're like it's raethan he's left alentris he's been healed and that's the end of the chapter
3: dun, dun, dun.
0: indeed
1: <laughs> not that it's really that
0: mysterious or surprising for us who at least had made some decent guesses about uh yeah what
2: what was going on here but they these these are people who for ten years have just like people go into a and they don't come out again and now someone has. It's like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, that would be shocking. Yeah.
3: Not only did he come out, he came out healed.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. Okay. So predicaments. What do we think is gonna happen? And it'll once again for the audience, this is the last one we're recording for several weeks, so it'll be a while for us before we find out uh if you know where these predicaments go. But What do you guys think is going to happen next?
2: Okay. So, long term, Royal's going to die at some point. Uh Um, because Well, I do think that Raiden and Serene will wind up together in some way towards the end. I think that is where this story is dovetailing. And think royal like if they find out raiden's that raiden's alive i think royal would be more than happy for serene to do that so therefore i think brand's going to go with the more heartbreaking option and have royal die so they can say well you know marriage contract's annulled you're free to get back with the
3: with, uh, with raiden mm.
2: so and also you know i feel like to show the stakes we're gonna have some of the characters that we know and have, and have been getting attached to start to go we already lost sal and uh last time so well yeah i think royal is probably going to be one of the ones we lose and so that'll so that'll be sad. I don't know where... I, I'm kind of just like, I don't want to make predictions about where Hraithan's going to go from here. I just want to watch it play out and see what the hell Dilaf does. Because that's going to be something crucial. And I got an, an, another one, which is like, this is the dumb prediction, but I would, I would love to see it pay off. Queen Eshin is going to have to do a widow's trial at some point. And I think uh, that is going to be tied intrinsically to the climax in some way. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, oh, Eshin's doing her thing. No one actually cares. And then somehow, don't know how it is going to be crucial to how the book ends.
0: She would have to do a widow's trial, huh? Cause she's now yep. a widow. Yep. Sure enough.
2: That's
1: wild. Yeah. So what do you like, think I, her widow trial would be? Do you have any guesses?
2: I don't know. Um, I feel like, cause you know, she's always looking at very, like we regard them as superficial things, but she's always trying to make everything bright and happy. And now she's got Iodon's income at her disposal. Uh, we assume, so <laughs> maybe she's, she she could just blow all her money making Kay as beautiful and vibrant as possible, and like giving back to the the lower class people as much as possible. And like all of a sudden, oh my god! Like the merchant class is suddenly being overthrown because like their servants have more money than them. All of a sudden,
0: no yellow though, none of that. No, 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 it.
2: absolutely none. I guess she'll pass try and pass a law that outlaws <laughs> yellow or something. Yeah, yellow and and gaudy orange. She, she was on board with orange, wasn't she? That's why everyone else was just like orange sucks. I don't
0: think we've heard her opinion on orange. So she might be for it, might be against it. We might have to wait and see.
2: <laughs> Thing is, we probably have heard her opinion on it, but we just tuned it out. Maybe yeah, because yeah. well, like, that's what everyone does, does to it. Yep. Oh, sorry. No, there was like one other thing's like Royal Royal's die. He could wind up being like the secret villain of the piece. Like he like he's been sort of working behind the scenes oh. to get his hands on the th- on the throne the whole time, and now he's got there. So in that case, like him dying could be a good thing for Serene. But uh, yeah, like I don't know. It could go either way. I feel like we if if he does turn out to be that's gonna be pretty shocking. But uh, yeah, that, that that's a coin toss that one. It's kind of like
0: how in 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 Mistborn we were talking about maybe Kelsey was going to end up a bad guy. Somehow it'd be like the same thing. Cause yeah. Royal is probably one of the guys that we like best, just like Kelsier in that first book.
2: So yeah, that yeah. Would, which that would be shocking. It could, yeah. It would make the reveal even more surprising, but I mean, it wouldn't, it'd be surprising everything, but it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, it wouldn't be a, well, this doesn't make any sense. I could totally see it making sense.
1: No. So, yeah, you're right. So we've got, uh, Some different things than than last week. So I'm going to jump on board with Jamie and Dax since we know he's, he's been quote unquote healed and say that that uh, the potion just like makes you appear as an Elantrian. I don't know if there's a certain time frame on the potion or and it wears off or if you have to take like a counter thing or if maybe just wine does it. Or moldy bread or something, since that's what he <laughs> since that's what he he consumed. But yeah, Wraithen's gonna come back. He's going to because of what he's done. He's going to be the undisputed leader of of his Durethi sect. It's like, look, I you know, Jadith has cured me of being an Elantrian, but at the same time, I think he's going to use this to undercut off by saying, like, I've you know, I've walked among the Elantrians and you know, they're not as evil as we have first thought. Uh, you know, Jadith brought me out of like Jadith allowed me to be taken by the Shayad so that I could see like that they that there is you know they're still his people as well. And so we need to arm against anyone who would basically Cloister these Elantrians off into their city. Maybe that is how he gets the people to go against Shukorath. It's because like, the Shukorath people are the ones that put him in, into the city. So that's that's a possibility. Uh, yeah, but I think all of this is going to make Diloth pretty mad and probably suspicious. I don't see Diloth backing down and saying, oh, the Gjorn obviously has been blessed by Jadith." I think he's going to see through this. Oh. Whether maybe he maybe he knows about the the a potion that could do this kind of thing, but I think Doloff's going to see through it. And then for Sereni, I I think she's going to go through with the wedding, but but I think something's going to go wrong before they get married. I don't think uh, she's actually going to end up getting married to him. I think oh uh, I, I think either he'll die first, or something's going to go wrong that kind of foils their plans. Because. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> see especially now that Craithan's out because if he's still like banking on Telri, there's no way Craithan's going to um going to let Royal and Sereni take the throne. That's um, true. That would really screw kill, up like kill
0: Royal or something. Uh
1: maybe he'll try to kill Royal, maybe he'll I mean, he's still got those other two potions he could like use <clears throat> Don't bark. He could use uh he could use like a potion on one of them and then make them appear oh. as an Elantrian. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. If he did that, then that would like freak everybody out. So, right. And then, and then, Ooh, secondary on that. He could then, once they like, if, if it is just like a time thing, once they become healed, he's like, I, I pray to Jadith to heal this person. And, Oh, Oh, great. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, so, what, was I, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Tur- uh, yeah, like uh, he could use a potion on one of them, and then claim that he cure like Jadis He prayed to Jadis to cure them, and then they did. Uh, but to, by that time, Telri will have already taken the throne. So it's uh it's gonna be cool. Yeah, interesting. And I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Raiden man. I if the door is really doing this to him because he's trying to use the magic, but it keeps flowing the wrong way through him, and it's making him in pain. Like he's only gonna keep doing that. So I can't see. Unless he figures out how to fix this. It's, it seems like bad news bears.
0: Yeah, he's not going to stop. So, yeah, it's not. good. <laughs>
3: um, okay, I don't have a huge amount uh, today, but I also was thinking about Eshin once Aiden had died. Because, well, we don't know what his will looks like, but with Raiden out of the way, mm-hmm. then you would think Eshin would probably get whatever was left over because, yeah, Sereni's you know, daughter by contract, but he doesn't like Sereni I don't think he would leave things to her. So no, probably not. Got me thinking that maybe it wasn't, like, if, if we think Raiden didn't become an Elantrian organically, if it was forced upon him, maybe Eshin's behind it. Maybe she's smarter than what mm. we think. Now she's got Raiden out of the way, and now Aiden's gone, whereas, I mean, obviously that he you know well, he hung himself. They assume uh Ian got the rope for them, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was Eshin. It's all happened off page, so maybe she's like, you know what? Hang
2: on didn't kill himself.
3: Well maybe he did it, but like he's he's pretty broken and a pretty nut. I guess the other thing is if he's partaking in the just scary mystery stuff, our potion master friend was also kinda of linked in with there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So that would be sort of a logical way to get this Elantrian poison potion thing. But I yeah, I would love to see Eshin actually be smarter than what we gave her credit for. And turns out she's doing a lot of this stuff behind the scenes and Ida's sort of a figurehead more than anything. And it would be a possibility that no one was expecting and she could be really loaded. I don't know how they'd feel about a woman running the running the country as queen, but, you know, maybe that would would work. Um, the baby's hmm. smiling at me. She's finding it hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I was sort of thinking there. Also could be, you know, uh, Hrathen needed the potion to do something extra and could be why there were two potions to begin with, not one potion, because Eshin doesn't want uh, Raiden to come back from it. he just want to turn him into an Elantrian and be done with it. So I liked that thought. Um, what was I thinking? Oh my god, his name? Hraithen's underling. Dilaf. Dilaf, yes, thank you. Dilaf probably knows about the potion because I very much doubt he would have waited for Hraithen to come back before raiding his quarters. Oh no. Um, no. I think Hraithen <laughs> will get back and find that Dilaf's moved in. I believe Dilaf was wearing all red as well. Who was like he?
0: I didn't even up. notice. Hold on, we got to go back and look for Dilov.
3: I could be making it up, but that's what I thought.
0: You keep going, I'll look it up and see if you
3: were correct. So he's definitely putting himself up to be in, in Hraithan's place. I mean, regardless of where he was wearing red or not, he would be. So things would get a bit scary there. He's still got all his artists tests. And uh, I think he's been he's definitely been making moves to head up the church there to... Whether he knows about Tellery, whether Tellery knows about him as well, I, I don't know if anyone expects that plan to go ahead now that Hraithan's gone. But I definitely think there'll be some plans in the works that Hraithan will stumble back into when he gets back. He will definitely be one of our main villains, I think.
0: Hmm. He sure was dressed completely in red, you're right
3: which I don't know that he was before, but I think he's definitely going to stand in and was like, well, the Gion's gone that I serve. That's an opening. I don't know if you can appeal to someone to be a Gion or whatever happens. I don't know how you get made into that position there, but you know, would he actually report it? Would he tell anybody what happened to Raven? I don't know, but he would definitely be standing in and I'm sure there have been all sorts of sermons and meetings and things that have taken place in his absence that he will start to learn about as he comes back fairly quickly yeah
0: you'd have to assume like i i feel like diloff starts moving fast right after harathan is gone to put himself in the middle of things
3: i mean it's what he wants clearly
0: he's going to parties and stuff that harathan used to go to so yeah also yeah. i got i have to say dax idea about royal being like the secret bad guy was like whoa that would be like crazy right your idea about Eshin being, like, the secret mastermind bad guy, that's, like, oh, a yeah. whole level beyond. Right. That's amazing. Honestly,
2: <laughs> screw Royal. We don't, like, screw Royal. I want Eshin to be the bad guy. That would be
0: fantastic. Yes. Oh, my gosh.
3: We shall see. Secret bad guys for the win.
2: <laughs> and so begins yeah. the war on yellow.
0: Everyone is secretly <laughs> evil in this entire book. Um, you know, <laughs> it's only, like, Rayodin and Serene and Hraithan who are who are straightforward in what they're doing. Everyone else is secretly evil. <laughs>
2: It's like the end of the book is they're just looking at everyone else just going, this is fucked up. Do you guys just want to get on a boat and go somewhere? Yeah, let's go find those <laughs> Rose Barbarians. Let's go.
3: Let's
2: go join we Crush are... Throat's crew.
3: Yeah.
2: At least we'll eat well. You mean, you yeah. mean Kane's
0: family? Yeah.
3: Cain's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, already like, in that
0: crew, right?
1: Yeah. Kane's just like, Ahoy, it's time to become Crushthroat Throat once again.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll get the Hriggish weed soup. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so no new emails today, no new reviews, so we don't need to do anything on that front. As we mentioned, I want to let everyone know again, we will be skipping one week next week. Well, next week for you guys. but And then we should be back the week after that with the next chapters, which will be six chapters again. So 36 through 41. Chapters 36 through 41. For next time. Very exciting. We're... We have now gotten to, what point are we at now? 68% of the way through the book. So we're two-thirds of the way at this point. And things have definitely started happening these last two couple episodes. So maybe they will continue happening.
1: If they want to send us an email, where do they send it?
0: If you would like to send us an email, the email address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. That's Sanderlanch, one word with an E at the end. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and places such as that. Music by Miracle of Sound. Get that in there. I'm not gonna forget that one. Thanks everybody for listening and buzzing to the time of next. Colo.